With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, afternoon and evening Leeds fans, Dan here. Just a quick disclaimer about this podcast episode. Unfortunately, in this record, Matt McKeith made the grave error of recording this episode next to an industrial fridge. Hence, if you hear some interference, that's what it will be. Good news is he's thrown that fridge out now, so no more future issues, hopefully. We hope you enjoy the show and hope that it doesn't interfere with your listening experience too much. Thank you all. New Year. It might be a bit late saying that now, but oh well. And welcome to the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast, our first one of 2022. So the year got off to a cracking start for Leeds with a comfortable 3-1 win over strugglers Burnley. But more injuries and cup anguish followed, meaning although it's a new year, it seems to be the same old problem for Leeds. Today, we'll be looking back at how Leeds have started the year on the pitch and how our academy continues to provide our first team with players. And of course, we'll be discussing the wondrous month that is January and its transfer window. More specifically, will Leeds be dipping into it? Joining me today are the two Matts. How are we doing, team? Hello, Dan. All good, thanks, Dan. Good. Any New Year's resolutions to talk about? Or? Uh, not, not personally, I can really say on this podcast without it being bleaked out. Um, what I'd like to see the club do, though, is bring Dizzy Penalties back at half-time. I think we badly missed that. Uh, so yours, that, isn't it? If we could ask Leeds United to, to bring a new user resolution in 2022, I think let's bring Dizzy Penalties back. Forward that answer the club. That's good to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's get started. Oh, so, 
Another third round FA Cup defeat for the Whites seems to happen every season now, doesn't it? Albeit not as humiliating as some we've had in the past. Bielsa's boys going down 2-0 to Moyes' Hammers. Not many of us expected or wanted a cup run this year with added importance to the league, especially with our injuries this season and current league position. What did you guys make of the game? And, you know, are you bothered that we're out of the cup? Or yeah. what, what do you think? No, you, you want to win every game, don't you? But I guess there was um, a sort of... At the start of the game, you want to win it. And then I think the weird thing with the FA Cup at the minute, especially now that we've found ourselves where we are, um, you sort of have that thing after final whistle's gone, and you're like, well, fuck it, we've got these to play again next Sunday. And what's probably more important... Um, we'd all love a cup run, but realistically, Man City just seem to mop, mop them all up, only other than last of last season. So, um, not not that disheartening, really. Just more um, the man I want it, really. Just I'm still baffled. I think we could probably count our lucky stars that it won Cambridge we were playing. Uh, I just couldn't be asked for that. I think you know after the Histon and Crawley going back to previous years. You'd take it on chin, wouldn't you, against West Ham? Obviously, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it later about the game itself. But um, yeah, we just just we all want the cup run, and we still reminisce about the Jermaine Beckford January third, which I'm a little bit embarrassed to even shout about. I'm writing Gary Kelly's this year, if I'm honest. After they've pumped us a couple of times since we've played them. Um, but speaking of being pumped, I think West Ham Moisey's done us every time, and he's done Bielsa every time now. Seems to 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 um, he's got hundred percent record against us so far, any of his West Ham team. So, but hey, listen, hats yeah. off to Matt and the the and the other fellow Leeds fans that that made the journey down to that soulless ball. I think you referred it to as Matt. What what what's it like at that the uh, the Olympic Stadium? Is it fit for the, fit for a, a concert and and the Olympics, or is it actually fit for football? Oh. It's shy. We were sat on like this. Well, what was the fifth? For us, it was the second row, but plus there were a load of taping. But um, so we were like right at the front, and like you would t- turn around and they were like you could sort of vaguely hear the Leeds fans behind you. And so it's not, but like you could just tell people were singing, but you couldn't barely hear anything. Even up at like the other end, the noise just seemed to like disappear out of the ground. It's just like. I don't know what it was, but it just feels awful. Like the, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but like there's a, there's like a massive, um, like sort of walkway between the, like the top and the second tier. It's like, um, basically wasted space, which just, and then all the seats at the front are like temporary seating. It's, it's just not a football ground. I can't believe like they just accept it. I mean, the, mm. when they started chanting, when they started chanting that the soldiers sold, they all started getting bank bank, uh, bank cards out of all Leeds fans. <laughs> Typical Londoners. I bet you got uh, your well steps. down there. Oh, absolutely! I bet you got your steps in though, didn't you? Oh yeah. The uh, the walk seems to take forever when on the way back to uh, Stratford train station. I <laughs> see. I've been to Upton Park, know. and I, I, for me, I mm. think Upton Park. It, it, it were a proper, proper stadium, wasn't it? Proper English stadium, mm. that kind of Ellen Road, that kind of Bramall Lane, Hillsbury, you know what I mean? It's that proper English stadium, mm. isn't it? I, I just can't believe it. Well, I was just it. about to say, like, uh, you know, you've got Arsenal moving from Highbury, yeah, um, you know, Upton Park. They've all kind of these similar bowl stadiums and, you know, they're just, they're just s***, aren't they? Yeah. There's no other way of saying it. Like, they're not good. And I think 
I know we've gone a little bit off peak here, but, you know, it's probably something that, you know, with Ellen Road that you don't want to lose it, do you? You know, you like, I love the four stands, you know, four different stands. And, you know, I'll kind of having your stand. Like, what bloody stand have you got in there? It's all one stand, isn't it? <laughs> I actually made that point to my mate yesterday. Like, you see at the back, like, the Bobby Moore stand. It's like, well, yeah. it's not really. It's like basically <laughs> the same one to the... <laughs> yeah. When does Bobby Moore end and Tre- Trevor Brooking start? It's <laughs> part of the Bobby Moore Stadium. <laughs> Is it not the, um, the Bobby Moore semi and the Trevor Brooking semi? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> Yeah, you should probably move on. (laughs) So, despite the loss, it was another proud day for the coveted Leeds United Academy. Uh, Lewis Bate and Leo Heldy. Am I saying this right? Who who can give me a tuition on that? I think got a hand behind it. Hildy. And Leo Hildy made their debuts for the club, while Sam Greenwood also started his first game. Um... And what did we make of their performances then? Oh, actually, I also forgot about Matthias Glick as well, I should say. You know, not that he made his debut, but the fact that they called him Glick all game. But um, you wouldn't have seen that, Matt, actually, if you were there, would you? <laughs> Commentator would just call him Glick all game. No, I have, I have heard about it. This, uh, yeah. somehow not yeah. managing to get his uh, name right. but Yeah, interesting. But, yeah, but, um, what about the young lads, anyway? What did we think? I think we're um, running out. Obviously, a bit of a baptism of fire. Are, are, we, are, we running out of, are we running out of academy players to make the debut now? So I think they've all done it, well, haven't yeah. they? <laughs> I think they're actually playing tonight, aren't they? The youth academy. I was like, well, first team's playing now, aren't they? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I think, you know, what you, you, it's what you can expect, aren't you? you it, it's not like they're the first academy players to step into the Leeds United first team this season, so... You'd expect the butterflies and the nerves to have gone because there's plenty have done it before them. Um, but like joking aside, I genuinely think we're really ticking off. Like, are we the only under twenty threes uh, squad? That's made more first team appearances than probably half the Premier League teams put together. I just think it's um, it's crazy. I think we're running out of players now that I've not made the first team appearance. I think probably Sam Greenwood. Mm-hmm. I probably wanted a bit more from Sam if I'm honest. I think. Um, you look at Gellar and what impact he's made at the club. Uh, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Sam's made many... I don't think he's made any time. Has he come off the bench this season? Has he been on the bench? I know that, but has, has he come on for a few minutes at, at mm, most? Arsenal game, didn't he? In Briefly. Cup, I remember. Yeah. Um, can't say I know if he's come on again. Uh, I think um, he came on against Arsenal in league, didn't he? Mm, it might have been. Is it league, yeah? Oh, well. Well, uh, Exclusive Arsenal. Mm, well, you used to play for him, didn't you? Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you two thought. I, I, I don't know, he just looks, looks a bit weak, yeah. doesn't he? Well, I think, I mean, yeah. the only defence that he might have, I don't know if you've seen, it's actually come out that he's injured. Um, he injured himself in that game. So, <laughs> if he has got an injury, then that leaves us with looks like Max Dean might be playing up front next game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I kind of get what you guys were saying. Um, I don't... Greenwood doesn't strike me as an out-and-out striker, to be honest. I think he strikes me as someone who might be more comfortable playing with someone or playing behind someone. Um, you know, it seems a bit more like he wants to get on the ball and drop a bit deeper. But, you know, I mean, yeah, he did all right. But I think, you know, um, he held him and Bate, I think, were a bit more impressive in what they were doing. You could tell with Bate, the way he was 
buzzing around the pitch that he looks like a good technical player. And I think, um, you know, with Morph, I, th- I think he will be in and around the first team for the rest of the season. Might do a Gallard, to be honest. It might be next season that we start to see more of him. Uh, but, but if, you know, we pick up more injuries, he could be used in the league. So, um, yeah, I think he was pretty unlucky to go off at half-time, to be honest. I um, I proper rate Cody Drama as well, you know. I genuinely think more game time. He's, they've got a player there. I, I remember last season mm-hmm. when um, we covered the under-23s quite extensively during the year and, and Cody was obviously um, spoken about quite a lot and we were looking at his progress and... And you know, saying that he's, he's he's ready for the first team, and I think that you know every time I've seen him, there's shaky moments. You you're gonna get that. You know, he's playing. Let's be honest, West Ham were full strength. Let's be honest. You know, there's no beat about the bush. My uncle's a a West Ham fan. He claimed that that you know, obviously that were West Ham's reserves because the Fabianski won't play and he was their number two <laughs> keeper. But just think, Ariola is um, ex well, current Paris Saint Germain, former number mm. one, uh, France international. You know what I mean? There's no messing about. That's West Ham's best eleven, um, but I thought Cody Drama as well played played really well. And going back to Greenwood, yeah, if he's picked up an injury, that's fine. But he, he, again, you, you, you're putting himself up against Premier League defenders, Premier League midfielders, mm-hmm. Premier League team. You know, I think sometimes we probably are expecting a little bit too much because obviously Somerville bagged the hat trick um, in the midweek, and then obviously when he came on, we were all raving and thinking, you know, he's gonna gonna do the same again. So I think sometimes our expectations of these. These kids really are too high as well, if I'm honest with you. Um, but I think the future's definitely bright. It really is. So I think we've shown that. I think that's where we might have been a bit spoiled with watching Gellart, to be honest, because he's done so well in the first team. It kind of sets the standards. like, go on then, young lads, can you do this? And it's not always that easy for other players to do that, really, especially someone may, you know playing in... You know Bates' position in central midfield, or um, you know Heldy playing at the back against Antonio and stuff. You know it's difficult for these players to maybe make as big as an impression. But you know I think it, I think they did probably as well as they could. Yeah, um, in the position that they were in, you know I don't think I don't think we played a hell of a lot better when first teamers came on. To be honest, we still didn't really create much. We had a couple of half chances, didn't we? But you know, I don't think we played any better really once we made the subs. So that's probably a testament to them as well. I think it's the jump between the um twenty threes, isn't it, which I don't think people actually realise is yeah. as big as what it is. Like people are saying about drama and saying that we need bodies. As much as we do, if we want these players to develop, like he needs to he needs to play like proper yeah. like as well as I say, like proper men's football, not mm. playing with a load of kids. Still, if he if he really if he, if he really needs to kick on, and I think that could be the same league like we were saying with Greenwood, that might be the thing that he needs that he just needs to go out and learn and basically experience like a proper um proper setup and playing like say setup like proper <laughs> right not playing under twenty threes every week, but um mm-hmm. but yeah I thought I thought Drama and Somerville linked up quite well towards the end, which were quite uh, like and Somerville were really lively like caused uh, Ben Johnson a load of problems I didn't turn inside out just like I say we just couldn't I don't know what it was just couldn't put my finger on it we got the ball a number of times towards the like last 10 minutes sort of when Rafinha moved into the middle and he just couldn't mm-hmm. I don't know what it we just couldn't move the ball quick enough it seemed or they seemed quicker than us to get back in position yeah. I, I think I think we mentioned it um, first time we played them earlier in the season that they're just they're, 
it was probably the first time I'd seen us be outrun by a team when we played them at home. And it seemed like the sort of they could have kept going um, mm. as much as we could. But it was like one of the first times that I've, like you've probably seen a team actually compete with us in terms of fitness, which is mm. like testament to my But I think there's plenty of positives to take from it with uh, mm. with all the kids. Well, I think it's probably a good time to look at that first goal as well because, like you say, it changed the game, really. I thought we were competing quite well up to then and after West Ham are quite a difficult team to beat when they get in front because, like you say, the way Moyes plays, they work hard, they're disciplined, they're organised and they're pretty good on the counter-attack as well. Mm-hmm. And um, But obviously the goal was a bit controversial. I mean, I don't know about you, um, I don't know if it's like in the stadium, Matt, but you know, watching on the TV, I was just I was convinced it was going to get overturned. I didn't see a grounds for it not to. Um, but obviously, what do I know? Um, or what do they know? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've not read anything today, but have we seen if there's been an official line on why it was given? I don't think so. Just guesswork. I don't think. Well, I'm, I'm still baffled. Like, I don't think there's any ex. Like explaining on it, like you could see it. So what happened when the um, obviously like what cameras didn't pick up in the um, from what happened, it was happening in the ground. Was like when they show started to show the replay on the big screen. Um, as soon as um, can't remember it, uh, Vlasic's shot. Vlasic shot, yeah. As soon as the ball left his foot, they turned it off the big screen because all the leads players like uh, Meslier like pointed straight to it and like. When mm. screaming to like the referee and the um, in cock and I think it were Aileen were like basically saying like how have you like missed it basically, yeah. And then the worst bit about it was I don't know if TV picked this bit up, but the least players booted the ball back to Meslier thinking like they were convinced it was going to get overturned. <laughs> so like all the Leeds fans there going like basically giving a like mini celebration and then ref, <laughs> ref points at middle at centre circle goal given. <laughs> Yeah, it was Ailing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing Ailing kicked it back, didn't it, to Meslier? Um I don't know. We, we obviously tweeted about it yesterday during the game, and I just think, you know, VAR is a fantastic piece of technology that's advanced modern day football, in my opinion. I think it really is. Or really has, sorry. Um, the, the issue that we've got is just the inconsistency of the officials that are in. It's a moron's using it, isn't park. it? Pretty much. Absolutely, and I think you've got to say that they officially deemed that Gerard Bowen wasn't active in play when he, A, he went for the ball, B, he made contact with Meslier, uh, and three, he was still in offside position when when, when the goal went in. Um, you know, you've seen it in previously as well when, like, I don't know, a 30, 40-yard world he's gone in and a player's, like, ran in front of the keeper's vision offside, but obviously he's a mile away from the keeper. That's been given yeah. offside many a times. And mm-hmm. I, I ain't got the time in my life to do this now, and I wish I did. But just to go back to previous games where the Bowen example was given offside mm. as he was deemed active, he made... I understand if the player puts his hands up and moves away from play, doesn't interfere with his feet. Bowen did the complete opposite. He went for the ball. Yeah. He went for the ball, And they went for the yeah. keeper. Exactly. And he's active in play. He's offside, yeah. end of. And that smug look the referee pulled when he pointed for a, a goal, and I think Aileen was like, what, you know, what the f***? And it's that smug mm-hmm. look to say, well, they've, they've checked it and it's not offside. Well, he mm-hmm. should be checking it. He should be checking it. 
And that's the inconsistency. If I were in the interviews, right. If Owen said at the end of the game, well, if VAR gave it, then it must be a goal. And then said, well, I've not seen it back yet. So, well, yeah. I mean, he probably is right. From, from his point of view, someone's checked yeah, it. He would think that the right decision's been made as if checked it. It's like you say, it's the arrogance of stuff that's like sort of... Um, mm-hmm. When they, when they give stuff like they're so adamant that it's right, and it's it was so evident that um, like on like when the players are there can see it on the big screen, and they know when they know, yes. and, yeah. Well, this, is, this is what I can't stand about it. Really, it's the the they don't get held accountable. The officials, you can't say anything. They don't have to explain any decisions that they make. They just make decisions, and it's almost like they make up rules every time. And yeah. this is the in, the inconsistency of using it is just it's baffling. And like I think I think the only thing I can think of why I got ruled out is because they ruled that Bowen didn't actually touch the ball. But that like you say, that's bollocks because he's tried to touch the ball. He's not ran in front of Meslier for the crack. And even if he even if he didn't try to touch the ball, he still ran in front of him. And to say that that hasn't interfered with Meslier trying to get the ball is just it's stupid. It really is. I think I think as well, you know, you've got I don't know Kevin Friend as referee, Mike Dean in the VAR room. Um, you know, obviously, I think for me that's I think we've got an issue there that you've got referees that are not on so-called duty in Stockley Park. But I feel they need a dedicated team specifically for VAR duty, not referees that. John Watson did the game before or the day before or whatever. Now mm-hmm. he's in Stockley Park with his feet up and a, and a bit of hot chocolate or a Yorkshire tea with a Kit Kat. And uh, he's just doing his mate a favour because he's, he's digging him out of it all. I think we really need a team dedicated in so-called Stockley Park, which are just predominantly looking after VAR mm-hmm. with an ex-professional with him as well. There's plenty of ex-professionals out of work mm-hmm. at the moment. It's good that idea, would that, jump, jump, yeah, thank you. That would jump at an opportunity... But I just think it's it's scratching the the boys' backs in it in a way. You know what I mean? I just think mm-hmm. like that. You know, no one's going to say to Mike Dean, "Yeah, well, I'm all, I'm going to overrule your decision." How many times has Mike mm. Dean's decision been overruled or Kevin Friends? You know mm. what I mean? I think they they kind of look after each other. And like like you said, they're not accountable, so they're not coming out and explaining the decision. Today, there's there's no statement or anything to say. You know, we got mm. that wrong. It's just that's it. Decision's been made. Move on. It's yeah. a wrong decision. He's active. End of goal shouldn't have counted. I guess if they, if, especially with something like the FA Cup, where it's like um, where there's extra prize money on offer and all that jazz, um, I guess if they admit defeat, admit that they got it wrong, then I suspect Leeds would actually have some form of ground for not necessarily mm. suing or anything but you know I don't know there'd be some there'd be some grounds to take it further I guess yeah. um, some clubs wouldn't mind though if they just like if they said right we understand you're going to get it wrong but just explain and say why because no one knows the rules like obviously there's you can't there's nothing you can do is you, you're out anyway like you can't I'm sure well there'd probably be some clubs that probably would appeal it to be honest but um, you know it's just it's that way because we've seen it can work I remember Euros, World Cup and stuff works fine. Absolutely fine. Never any controversy. They just get on with it and they seem to know how to work it. But this country can't can't do anything, can we? And like we're not we're not we're not we're not here now on this pod to say that cost us a game. Absolutely oh, yeah. absolutely not. It's not that at all, but it changes the game, it changes the mentality, it changes your half time approach. 
It changes the second half approach. Especially against a team like them. Like, some people say, well, it's only one goal. But, like, a team, a team like West Ham, who was sort of built on, like, sort of a solid foundation, like, one goal's, that's it, isn't it? That's, that's all yeah. they needed, isn't it? And then the second half, basically, just tried to suck punches whenever we came forward. That's just how it, which they ended up doing. Um, it's just, it, it, it just wrong, because I, I don't know about you two, but I didn't think, like, that, especially that first half, I, I felt like it was a bit of a nothing game, really. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think either team deserved to be in front. Maybe I think uh, Vlasic might or someone might have missed a half decent chance that uh, Eslaya made a good save for. But other than that, there was like literally nothing in that game until. No, it was a bit of a a bit of a lethargic cup tie, really, wasn't it? Up until then, and like even even like ten fifteen minutes, there weren't much urgency in it. Um, I mean, to be honest, like Bielsa said after the game that he didn't want to put a full team of under 23s out because um, he didn't want to want it to come across that he was disrespecting the history of the competition which gives me the impression that he was actually considering playing more youngsters than he did in the end but um, it was a, yeah it was a funny one with that um, and it probably highlighted again the squad depth didn't it so you know just how concerned are you about mounting injuries and just you know do you think we can cope with it if we get keep getting more um, I guess because I guess that game was kind of a look into, you know, what it could look like with a few more injuries. Our under eights, obviously, only played that morning, so we couldn't call any of them them up, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, there's something, there's something going on, isn't there? I think we need to give our medical team a day off. Um, mm. I don't know if you saw Jack Harrison on Soccer AM Saturday. Uh, obviously, I did didn't actually. Did an interview with Tubes. Did you not? And he was talking no. about murder ball. Um, no fouls, you know. Even Jack was saying, "Oh yeah, I, I did a both the knee, both the knee challenge, and laughing about it." And I'm just thinking, you know, that's three months out that on Dallas, you know, any higher, and you know, we're in trouble, aren't we? So it's definitely, is it training? Is it his methods? Yeah, I mean, another thing I'll say would be Elsa. I guess it was someone asked question him in the past, isn't it? It's like, are you going to change your training methods with? all these injuries and he kind of went on to explain how many injuries have been you know through like you know muscle fatigue injuries like I think he said like Dan James had one um but most of the others he said were from you know impacts or something through games but then I guess Joe Gellar got injured didn't he? he took a knock on his ankle in training which I guess would be from a tackle it must be from a tackle um and like obviously f- knows what's that must wrong be from Harrison seems like a bit of a, you know, like he's in Robot Wars or something, doesn't he? Oh God! Um, but yeah, so it, it would be interesting to see because um, you know, especially in this fixture list now. But I think that's all, the way he's always done stuff, and I don't think he's about to change it. Um, you know, I think we might. He might. The only thing he might have to change is needing a bigger squad. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's a funny one, really. I don't even know what sort of team we're going to put out at the weekend. Right, when you... It's not just yeah. injuries, is it? We've got... Um, your NAs out, suspended. Mm-hmm. Roberts are out, suspended, I think, anyway. Yeah. For injury. Bamford's... Nobody actually knows whether Bielsa's bluffing there or not. <laughs> um, like, why would we... I don't, I, I don't understand why we decided him yesterday anyway. Like, yeah. I would have thought he'd have been on bench, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it it might be that he he played Heldy in the middle 
because um, you know he might be getting him ready for next weekend. You don't know. I think he might have to play now. I mean, to be honest, I think I'd prefer to play him there and leave Erling out on the right um, because all this shuffling players around, I think that does affect the team sometimes. And I think stick leave Erling out on the right now, bring centre half in, try and leave Dallas in midfield, providing that Furpo's all right. Um, you know, but yeah, I think we are running out of options, I must say. I mean, it looks like Dan James is going to have to live down the middle for a little bit now, and it's not actually been a great success, has it? So, um, yeah. Well, he does weirdly win headers, which is amazing. Yeah, that's, it's true, actually. I think he beat like Craig Dawson in the air at one point, and I was a bit like, what if I just witnessed there? <laughs> I. It's six foot four centre half, and like Dan James is leaping like a salmon, but might be might be Plan B that one. Anyway, so uh, only two games for Leeds in January, and a return to well the Soulless Bowl, I think it's what it's called now, isn't it, Matt? Um, so that's next Sunday, and then a big fixture at struggling Newcastle side. So a couple of big games there, and with some clubs playing some of their games in hand, we may have a better idea by the end of the month where we'll be come towards the end of the season, whether we'll be sucked into a relegation battle or or not, really. Um, but I guess out them too, the Newcastle game's the big one, ain't it, lads? Yeah, and I mean, it, it depends what they're like as well, because they put the full-strength team out, didn't they, against um, mm. Cambridge, and, well, more or less full-strength, and Cockfield, I think they were expecting to steamroll them, um, yeah. basically, to try and get a bit of confidence and completely backfired in the in the face um, well I mean obviously we know what West Ham are like after playing them again um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a tall order with all injuries but like you say that Newcastle game's huge I think um, I think that's the thing that's been keeping me not not panicking yet especially after the boom the game is that um, we seem to have a knack of um, beating most of the teams that are around us especially at home mm. so like now we've beaten Watford and um, Burnley at home uh, we've not lost to Burnley or Newcastle um, mm. beat Norwich away I think that's the that's the main I think it's basically about survival of who, who who's the least shittest in it rather I think the news, <laughs> the news better out of them three but um, you just don't know what Newcastle are going to do in terms of uh, signings that's the only thing that you worry about but you just hope that sort of all the clubs are trying to sign off are, um, yeah. are waiting right till the wire to try and get as much money out of them knowing that they've got about Probably. 300 billion in the bank account mm. and I guess the thing is about all those signings as well it's all good and well signing these players but then you think Kieran Trippier signs for example two days later he's playing there's only so much impact he's going to have getting into, you know, he's just played for Atletico Madrid. It's going to be completely different playing from Simeone to Eddie Howe, isn't it? Um, you know, and like like you say, Matt, what realistically can they bring in? I think they said, uh, read today, that they want to bring in a striker before they play Watford. And obviously Watford's a massive game for them. You know, you feel like they probably need to win that. Um, but yeah, I think the crumb of comfort for us is, you know, we do especially at home, we are good at beating these teams. I think we showed that against Burnley, even though they did peg us back. You know, it was never really in doubt, was it? There was, a, you know, and if it weren't for, if it, any other club apart from Leeds, I think you'd have been confident about winning that game all day, um, even when we were drawing. But, you know, we, I thought we played quite well there. And I think 
if we beat Newcastle, I really can't see us being in any trouble, to be honest. If we lose, might be a different matter. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think, like Matt said, it is a... It's a, so see who's the shittest, basically, and there are some shit teams down at the bottom, and I think we are better than them. So it's a, it's only going to be injuries that drag us into it, I think. Um, that's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think, depending from now till we play Newcastle, who gets injured? Uh, that's mm-hmm. my only worry, uh, because we are literally down to the bare bones, and they they could have yeah. a an ultimate FIFA eleven couldn't they, by the time we play him in twelve days time so um, I don't know I don't know I don't know if it's gonna be it might come back to bite me this but I I think I think they'll go down me you know I think I don't think Eddie Howe will last till the end of the season I genuinely don't I think um, that yesterday at the FA Cup was was worrying if I'm honest with you but it depends mm. who they bring in it really does depend who they bring in. Um, but you're right, yeah, I'd rather us pick up points to teams around us uh, because they're the important ones. I think any any club that has gone down, they've lost them big six-pointers, haven't they? You know what I mean? They've lost the games against the Burnleys and the Watfords and the, the Norwiches and the Brentfords. I think Brentford will get sucked into this relegation battle as well. And I just think on our day when we've got everyone fit or nearly fit, you know, we, you know I think we'll be fine. We create chances and we can... We can put in a performance when needed. Um, you look at the other clubs around in and around us, and they've not really got much to offer, really, have they? But I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, we're not wrong. Um, yeah, I think um, with that, it, it's true. I think you know you don't know what's going to happen to Newcastle, but I think they will. It's not going to be as easy as signing signing loads of players and staying up. You know, I think. You know, we have a core of players that we know are good enough for this league, and if we can get them fit, get them back, maybe add one player to it or something. You know, to for cover, I think we'll be fine. Um, and obviously, I thought Norwich looked all right under Dean Smith for a little bit, but they dropped off a bit more, and I think they've all asked for that. And I still think Watford might struggle as well. Like, I've not they've not been that impressive under Ranieri, so um, yeah, I think. You know, if we lose, we may well lose against West Ham, and if we do, that's you know, that's so be it. You know, we've lost against, we've lost against them three times in a row now, so um, you know. But providing we get something out of Newcastle, I think it's all good. Hi guys, Michael Bridges here. When I'm lying in Australia on a nice sandy beach, watching the sharks and the jellyfish come ashore, I like nothing better than reading and listening to writingthegarykellys.com. So we've introduced a chance for you guys to support us this season by becoming a Writing with Gary Kelly's patron member. For as little as £2 a month, you can help support the work we do and make sure that we can continue to bring you our podcast series and our in-depth online articles about the football club that we all love. That's good, Vic. Two quid, you can't even buy a decent cup of coffee for that these days. Come to think of it, did you see Birmingham City Football Club? They're selling chips and a cheese slice for four quid. Absolutely criminal. For £3 a month, you can also get early access to this podcast before it goes on general release. And come and join us for a monthly Q&A and talk all things Leeds, plus much, much more. Not forgetting, for £5 a month, you can get to join us for a Q&A, early access to episodes, a live recording of each podcast, and you'll also get the chance to join us on the show as one of our loyal members. 
I tell you what, that's not bad at all, is it? And the best thing about us setting up as a membership is that we'll be delivering you an ad-free podcast. And you don't hear that very often these days. It's our unique selling point. So becoming one of those patron members helps fund what we do. It helps continue to deliver this podcast. And you never know, we could even share some cheesy chips together before the end of the season. I guess you've summed it up perfectly. We go ad-free so we don't spoil your listening experience with legal advice and ball trimmers. Sounds like a good deal to me. Head over to patreon.com forward slash R-I-T-G-K to become a member today. Hi, I'm Johnny Alson. I'm a big fan of the writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. So it wouldn't be January without a discussion about transfers. So obviously we've already kind of brushed over this, but um, many fans are adamant that we need new players in this window. And even Bielsa has hinted that he'd welcome new players, if of course they're better than what we already have. So where do you guys sit on this January transfer arguments? Do you think we need to go and buy someone or, you know, potentially loan to buy or even just a loan? Or do you think we're all right with what we've got and we've just got to hope clear some of these injuries and use the academy where where are we sitting um i don't know about you two but i don't know if it's just a natural thing to do in a transfer window but i always have a good scout around the uh, free agents list mm. and i uh, i always have a look to see who's around and you know, obviously we've been used to it for the last 16 years haven't we you know there's a i see a lad a trialist and i think oh, hey you could do a job for us up top uh i'll see oh there's ross mccormack there i wonder, wonder if he's still got another <laughs> another one in him you know what I mean? I, just, I think it's just a natural... I don't know, it's just a natural trait that I must have developed becoming a Leeds fan mm. these last uh, decade or two. Um, but I think um, it's traditionally, obviously, we all know, it's unless you're Newcastle, it's a bad window to buy. Um, I'd probably see a, a load or two might come in. I'd even happily bring Helder Costa back from Valencia, if I'm honest with you. I think we genuinely need him. Now he's had his hair cut, he's become a bit of a beast, Danny, so we yeah, could do true. with him. I don't know if we've got that option. I really don't. I'd like to think we have, but you'd expect him to be in the door now if we had. Um, but I think you're mm-hmm. looking at, obviously, Calvin out till March, probably beyond that as well, when he comes back. Team, it's not going to be straight away. Yeah, we need to strengthen. Um, but then you see Lewis Bate come on and make his debut at the weekend and think, well, he's either the backup for Phillips, you know what I mean? So it's... You never know what they're thinking. Uh, it's hard to predict these days, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, we've never been we're notoriously at this window, aren't we? I, mean, I don't <laughs> think we've ever got it right, even under the group regime. And we know how hard it is to sort of pick up a, um, pick up any form of good value. Because obviously everyone tries to either fleece you or you're just basically picking up dead wood from, from other clubs. Like you look at... Like even like I say, I would say under Rads and um stuff, Rad Casier and John Kevin Augustine, uh, Karen, well, we don't, did we even sign? I don't think we even signed anyone last January, did we? Didn't. So obviously, it's like Matt said. Actually, it's like I think there's always that expectation. You sign someone, the fans always want new signings, don't they? In every window. Um, but I guess last January, you know, I think didn't really need anyone did we i know um we signed rafinha quite late in the window didn't we so um he kind of came in kind of quarter away through the season so yeah it's a funny one yeah i don't think we signed anyone did we yeah that uh i, I run about that because i run about it with my mate about why rafinha uh because 
because of the, the, the delay to the um, season, wasn't it? That we didn't basically, basically yeah. Rafinha didn't get going until about November, I don't think, in the end. Yeah. Um, so basically, effectively, like a signing, wasn't it? But when we started it in uh, December and uh, January, and I think that's probably yeah. why we didn't end up signing anybody else. And but like we say, Bielsa just uh, bit, it's hard to get one. And I don't think Bielsa really believes in it, does he? I think he think I think he's just happy with getting your squad sorted at the start of the season, and that yeah. should be, you should be happy with that sort of thing. Um, but if you like, if you were being, it would be hard. But if you like being a bit optimistic, you probably want um, you're probably looking for someone in the middle of the park, aren't you? Um, we've been linked with a few. Um, you'd say centre half, but like when for, you think you keep thinking of our squad fully fit, and you actually think, oh well, we don't actually need that position because we've got X Y Z, but then X Y Z's injured, <laughs> injured for another three months. Well, it's, yeah, it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you can go down the Chelsea way. Who, if they get an injury, they just got to sign someone, don't they? And then you've just got this backlog of players that once people are back they're never going to get a game and like we have actually got we've got five centre-backs really haven't we we've got Cooper Cock Urense, um Strike we've got Aileen that can play there Cresswell Heldy now you know we've got loads um, obviously you know we're, we're putting two youth team players in there but at the minute against West Ham we've probably only got two out I think I've mentioned there that are going to be able to play and you know we haven't got the budget to be going splurging out on a new centre-half just because we've got a few injuries, I'm sure. Um, and But, yeah, I, I do agree with Matt. I've, I've, I think we've all, I think as fans, we've all said this, that we would like another midfielder. And I think to take us to the next level, we need a, you know, a class central midfielder. Um, as not knocking the work that Forshaw's doing in there or Click in recent weeks. But, um, you know, just someone that can, you know, take us to that next level. And obviously... Unlikely we're going to get that in January, but Phillips being out till March is a little bit of a worry. Um, and obviously, if we're struggling for strikers as well, who's going to score our goals? Because we struggle sometimes to put our chances away when we've got everyone on the pitch, don't we? So, you know, we're relying now on Harrison, James, and Rafinha to be more clinical. So it'd be interesting to see if they do go for a striker. Because um, I don't know what we've done with Broken Bamford, haven't we? So Matt, have you still got your um, um, number fourteen Euro, Ewan O'Kane shirt from a couple of years ago? Because obviously he's, we released him in the summer; it kind of went under the radar. But you know, he's still with our club. Last time I checked, you know, and I'm looking at my free transfer list. <laughs> I'll never forget that picture of him with his shorts around his ankles and Cooper pointing at it. I remember what game with that now. Swansea, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it might come to that now. Might have to play, might have to sign him to go up front. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'll chat to someone the other day and he's like, oh, yeah, Ross Barkley, Aaron Ramsey. And I'm like, fucking both. I'm not bothered. I don't, I'm not interested in these these players, ex-internationals, that are playing for big clubs on huge wages. They've got nothing to prove. I'm not. I'm not bothered about them. I'd rather stick Lewis mm. Burton and Jack Jenkins and Noah Kenner. You know what I mean? I'd rather go have them play for us than yeah. like Ross Barkley. If he comes in, he's not better than Michael Brown. Mm. You know. <laughs> well, this is and this is another thing about I keep harping on about Chelsea, but this is why 
it's so difficult to sign players from Chelsea, for example, or even on loan, because they're on massive wages. That They've stacked all these players over the years. They're not interested in taking wage redu- reductions. They're quite happy in just, you know, playing reserve football, getting a game in the cup from their time to time. They've got no interest in leaving. Otherwise, a player like Ross Bartley would have left years ago. Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, Danny Drinkwater went there and ruined his career pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah. why it's so dangerous. Yeah, is it, is it Reading is it Redding now doing absolutely yeah. nothing? And that's why I think it's so dangerous to want players from these, you know, so-called big teams um, who have got stacked players because... Are they going to come in and have the same desire that Stuart Dallas has got, Luke Ayling, you know, Patrick Bamford, you know, playing for Leeds? And I, I just don't think they are, and they'll probably double wages as well. So I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think Dan um, Joe Willock's a good example of that. Going to Newcastle last January and scoring five, five, seven or seven, and then getting a massive, massive transfer to Newcastle and then doing absolutely all. I think, but I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have yeah. that someone that come in and prove themselves. I just can't see Ross Barkley or Aaron Ramsey. I don't even know why I'm talking about these two <laughs> coming into Leeds and thinking I'm going to prove myself. Like Barkley, yeah. I'm going to prove myself at Leeds. I'm going to get into Chelsea's team next year and back in England. He's not bothered. He's not bothered. No way. He's he's going to be another one of these players that are just going to get a massive wage. He's another Danny Drinkwater, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and Michael Brown is there, you know, ten times better than he ever will be, according to Warnock. Probably the interesting thing that you need to look at in the um, sort of obviously now in the next year is probably players that are trying to search for a World Cup spot now. If it's yes, talking of players um, who are trying to sort of stake claim, because it's not you. If you sign someone, you're not going to just get this sort of six month burst. Are you? They've got. They've got a year now to basically, well, 11, probably like 11, 10, 11 months to really sort of stake a claim. And that's probably why, like, you seem like Lingard's probably wanting to get out of Man U. And mm. Um, mm. I can't remember who else it was, but um, like, you, you seem like rumors of all these players that have probably got a chance for England. Because um, you've probably seen like players like Jared Bowen and stuff and saying, well, I'm in trouble here. Because, like, mm-hmm. at minute. If Bowen say kept it up till end of the season, if World Cup was in the summer, you'd be like you'd be taking him. He's like the most like in, other than Salah, he's like the informed winger in the league, isn't he? Like all these players are going to be looking at, around and going, "Well, I need to be doing what he's doing to be able to get in, get in that in, get in that squad." So there's sort of probably the type of players that you do need to try and get. Not like these, like you say, like your Ross Barkleys and um, Jack Rodwell. He's another one. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the one I would try to think of. Yeah. Jack Rodwell. Classic. Well, yeah. Yeah. They are just examples of people, of players who have obviously just been given the um, given the world like far mm. too early and just thought, well, I'm making a nice little, nice, nice living here on just sitting sitting on a bench. Why, why do I actually need to go out to play football? Yeah. Jack Wilshire is uh, he's doing Paddy Power adverts and getting linked to Leeds in every every gossip column, but again, not interested. Mm. Not interested at all. Give the kids a give like I said, give the kids a chance. Jenkins, Bait, Kenner, give them a chance over people like Wilshire in my mm. opinion. 
It's funny, um, you said, like, one of the reasons I love the January window is just, like, how random and, you know, ridiculous it can be. Like, you've mentioned, like, Ross Barkley coming, being the saviour. <laughs> and then, oh, you know, about next thing he's been recalled because Michael Brown's keeping him out of the team. Or you've, yeah. you've got Habib Habiboo coming in and, like, no one knows anything about him apart from he launches ducks like javelins off the pitch. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's just some good memories, isn't there? Um, but what I enjoy is like the rumours. You know, you always see there's some circling rumours, and they're like, "Who are we going to sign?" Like I think Swift this year is one for us. You know, just probably just because mm. he's a central midfielder. Um, but like, I don't know if there's any standout rumours you've heard, or um, even don't have to be about this January. You know, any 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 from the past in the favourites. I think uh, one of my all-time favourite is Leeds signed Ben. And it was a picture of a Leeds sign at Leeds train station that was bent. That, for me, was, was one of my favourites. Um, it would probably have been the most clicked article of the year, that, as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Classic, that one. I think we were kind of guilty of that a few times. We're always linked to getting Alan Smith back, that will... Yeah. Smithy was one. That was Viduka. constant Just... for five years, weren't it, Alan Smith coming back? Probably never had any yeah. legs to it, but... There was always that. Was it when he was like leaving Newcastle and stuff, and then ended up like mm-hmm. dropping down like to Notts County and stuff, and going here, there, and no, it was at no, it was at Middlesbrough, wasn't it? I think it was Borough, wasn't it? Borough, Newcastle. Went to Dons for a bit, didn't he? But he he like basically ever since he dropped. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I thought he was talking about Viduka. Sorry, Smithy. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smithy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry. Um, ever since he sort of dropped down out of the Premier. Um, it was just linked to us, running yeah. around basically every window and everyone. Because I think he sort of still lived, didn't he, around Leeds area, always spotted around. So every time someone had spotted him, they'd be like, oh, I've seen Smith, he's, he's coming back, he's definitely coming back. And obviously, as you're um, the childhood fan who never really got to see him play for Leeds, you're like, oh my God, mm. we're getting him back. Mm. Billy Sharp was one. Billy Sharp was linked to us every single transfer window, mm. every single transfer window. And then under Chilino and Hockaday, he signed that summer, didn't he? And I just feel like Chilino might have just said to any fan, who do you want? <laughs> oh, well, Billy Sharp, someone I think we're getting linked with every every window. We signed Billy Sharp, didn't we? I actually think that's one of the um, regrets that... No, not regrets. Like, one of the um, ones that sort of... You, you always you wish that that would have worked out, and I think it would have done under, like, any other owner mm. and sort of any other situation. Um, like you say, scored like once he left, scored goals. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of Leeds fans sort of, I think a lot of Leeds fans do have a respect for him, don't they? That they know that he sort of, it was just like sort of right player, wrong time sort of thing. He always scored against yeah. Leeds as well, didn't he? I think before that, like didn't matter what club he was at, he always scored against us. If anything, we stopped him scoring against us for a couple of years, didn't we? By signing him, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. I think um, under the O'Leary era in Risdale, there were a few crackers, weren't there, that needs to go around. Mm-hmm. Ronaldinho, Zidane, you know, you name it, we were linked to him at one point, weren't we? Yeah. It was absolutely Risdale dream, weren't it? Well, it was that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank money that, you know, it seemed to have gone forever, didn't it? It was like getting linked to everybody at one point. Um, Is that like when... No, we've had some crackers, haven't we? Yeah. We've had some crackers. Um but I, I think, like you said, I think it's going to be a tough one, this. Just trying to think who's in Newcastle that they're going to farm out. <laughs> it sort of does feel like um, one of these situations where you're probably going to have to keep it tight-lipped to any of these clubs down the bottom because 
probably any sniff that you're after like a certain player, um, Newcastle are probably just going to go, well, I know. <laughs> yeah, he must be good. Let's get him. <laughs> well, there's that Brett Berriton Diaz now that he's called at Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking a 30 odd million quid for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. I'll tell you what, I might just stick Diaz at the end of my name and I might be worth 30, <laughs> 30 million after a, a few appearances for Chile. And obviously, he's born in Stoke and. And that, but uh, no fair play to him. He's ripping up the championship, but it's a lot of money in, and we definitely won't be yeah. investing in that. I'd be very surprised. The problem is with those sorts of signings. I always worry that you're sort of getting them on sort of a high, aren't you? Obviously, you high, do yeah. with most signings, but for someone who went with it like thirteen hundred and twenty as an as an Englishman. And then as soon as he becomes a Chilean, he's uh, bagging like nearly a goal a game. But it reminds me of Jordan Rhodes. I remember when Jordan Rhodes had that, that golden period at Huddersfield. And then he got his big move to Blackburn. Um, I remember he made his debut against Leeds for Blackburn, I believe. Yeah. And obviously his career's gone downhill. Then he went to Borough, didn't do all. He's gone back to Huddersfield now on a free transfer. Mm. But obviously he cost... 15 million quid twice, I believe. Mm. Two transfers, so... Yeah, you could be careful, aren't you? Um, I just can't see his investing. I think more than more loans, if I'm honest. Berardi's are free. O'Kane's are free. You know? Elder Costa is out. Edmondson's out, you know? Yeah. Berardi and Pablo... Like, I know it's hindsight, but the whole Berardi and Pablo thing, and I think Pablo was probably... Uh, it's probably more the fact that him and Bielsa sort of fell out, didn't they? Mm. Um, <clears throat> supposedly, over that whole uh, throwing the uh, black armband down and stuff. Mm. Um, mm. But you sort of feel like, especially, I think Hernandez started a year left, you still think like we could just do with them. the bodies, aren't they? And like seasoned professional bodies that we could just probably call upon for, I don't know, five to ten games a season. You know that they'll probably do a job for you. Mm. Place. I know it's probably not Bielsa's yeah. else's way, yeah. but you just feel like now, why didn't we just hang on for just one more, sort of one more season? But but you never knew that you were going to get to sort of this point, did you? Where you were like, your whole squad were at breaking point. I think what I will say about Pablo is, and I think you can even go back to Saiz when he left. Never really replaced them. You know, we bought more wingers, but we haven't bought more creative midfielders, have we? I've been sort of touching on that, aren't they, about Saez in the last couple of Because obviously Pablo played sort of, was more better playing like sort of as an inside right, wasn't he? He never yeah. really played. He, he sort of bet, bet, was bet, he was a 10, but didn't play 10, didn't he, most of the time? Much, yeah. um, but everyone's been saying like we sort of missed that missed that, that sort of Saez player who sort of has that little... Yes. Little yes. Sun, yeah. Aren't they? yeah. I've, I've been that saying this for a bit. We're dying out for a proper number ten, I think, which is killing yeah, the entire system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's the stress that sort of caused Click to then sort of mm. regress to sort mm. of everyone saying like he's sort of off it now. And I think it's mm-hmm. because he's not. He's not sort of when he plays ten. He's not the sort of player. I don't think that that's sort of his job role in it. But he basically just runs his knackers off and. Mm. Um, very, 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 um, very good footballer. I just feel like we're just missing that. We're missing an X Factor player, aren't we? That yeah. we're basically missing well, 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 on the like, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree 100%. It's a shame about Sayers. I sometimes think about his mm. time at Leeds, especially when Bielsa came in. I just don't think yeah. he were up for well, it. I think it, it was as clear as that, wasn't he? He'd got homesick and he didn't want to tuck yeah. it out, he just wanted to go back to Spain, didn't he? And like, I'm with you, yeah. 
I yeah, think he could I have think... made him a right player as well. I imagine, yeah, I think he would have really unlocked him. I think it was um, that, uh, I think there might be a championship review on Sky like the other week, and it was the year, Bielsa's first season, and oh, it was like one of the games, um, like when we, I think the highlights when we beat Derby like 4-1. And Stoke, yeah, he was instrumental, wasn't he? He basically it? ran down the middle, just ran with the ball down the middle of the pitch, mm. would not leave his feet. Like, mm. such a talented player, and like you say, Bielsa did turn, well, it looks like he got, it felt like that first sort of, Five game, five ten games, and then he got hold of him as a mm. turn, sort of turn his uh, attitude around. But I think it were a mix of quite a few things, wasn't it? Not just and not being asked, but I think he just wanted yeah. to go home and this. I think I think after Pep smashed us seven by seven, you know, obviously we, that's why we've not done a pod for so long. We didn't really want to talk about all these shocking results in December, so we had a bit of a an extended winter break. But I wonder if Pep could uh, maybe. Uh, Offer Bielsa a bit of an apology and uh, send out a couple of his his boys yeah, out on loan. I'd take that Cole Palmer. He's a player. He yeah. looked decent, doesn't he? Yeah. How old was he then? Thirteen. <laughs> Still did a job, to be fair. <laughs> so just to summarise this transfer talks, I feel like we could be a full talk spot shortly. Yeah. Just to summarise, we haven't got no. <laughs> Idea I've always wanted to start a rumour though. So should we start a rumour? Should we say like, are we going to sign anyone? It's like oh, actually, yeah, I think we're in, we're in, we're in discussions. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if you'd said that and then it just came out. We signed him next day. Just pick yeah. <laughs> any, any random player from like Spain or something. Just put you in, stop your finger and like, yeah, I reckon Arta's got contacts with just him. Be, uh, Rodri- Rodrigo Garcia Lopez. I feel like he's a decent player. Fly him in. Why don't we just go on um, flightradar.com and just put screenshots of flights arriving at Leeds Bradford Airport, like some... From a unknown, Spanish island or something. Twitter accounts do sometimes. Right. Yeah. Jet 2, jet, jet two flight coming into Leeds, uh, Leeds Bradford well, from Ibiza. Yeah. Search Ibiza, Ibiza FC. Well, it's funny this. I'm going to tell you a little story that I think you'll, I think you'll like. I don't know if I've told you this, Matt, but I was going to... Um, I was going to where was I going? I think it was going Malaga or something. I can't remember. It's a fair few years ago, this. A Ryanair flight, uh, flying from Manchester. And who did I see on there? Only Fabian Delph on a Ryanair flight with his Louis Vuitton case, sticking it in the overhead gabbit. Wow. Oh, he did have the front seat, though, you know, where you get loads of leg room. So I was like, yeah, you've done that right. He's like, it doesn't matter how much money you're on, you still pay for that £20 seat, which I, I admire greatly. <laughs> Speaking of a beefer, Mateus Bogus is there, isn't it? Time of his that's life, that's I think. He's, he's ripping <laughs> up, isn't he? There's your playmaker, yeah. <laughs> right, usually this is the time of the show where we do everyone's favourite guest who. But as it's January, I'm going a bit off script here. I'm going to throw a curveball at you both. So we've spent some time looking at January transfer windows. So I've, I've done a little bit of digging and I felt it's... A, probably a good time to ask a couple of questions on some historical dealings in January, good and bad. So obviously we've mentioned bad and we've mentioned some good, but obviously um, where would you want to start guys? Do you want to do the good or the bad? Well I think Matt's just brought up transfermarket.com so... um... (laughs) (laughs) Is that the clicking I could hear? Let's go for... uh... 
don't know. What do you want to go for? Should we go for good to start? Let's go for good. Right, so... Right, we <laughs> bear with me here. And any people that are going to fact-check this, do not keep me... Do not hold me to this. I'm only going by what the internet says, but I think it's correct. Right, so I'm going from the current Leeds United squad. How many players can you name that were signed in January? Matt's looking over to his right, so... Yeah, I know. Are you looking, are you looking at the... Oh, no, I know what it is. A Villa score. I think Daniel Ings. Danny Ings, go on, lad. If you've not if you've not noticed by now, we are we've got the Manchester United and Aston Villa game streamed on one, so that's the cheer. But yeah, players signed for Leeds in the current squad that was signed in January. And I'm going to give you one actually because one was oh, done, question. but it's actually out on loan, and that Bogus who's an um, um, an Ibiza he was signed in January. But there's four to get. Can we? All right, four players to get that's been signed in January that are in our current squad now. Yeah. And are we playing this? Is it like um, just um, guessing you? Yeah, just guess out, and or... no, no, you can get take as many as you want and see if you can get four. I can probably tell another one. Somerville. It's not on my list. Who? Uh, <laughs> this could be a bad start. Who was the first one you said? To <laughs> a great start. He said Somerville. Oh, oh Matthias yeah. Bogus. Roberts uh, was signed in January. Bogus, Bogus. Correct. That is one. Okay, Robert Somerville's still being checked by VAR. Yeah, Somerville is in the referral room at the minute. Adam Forshaw? Yes, correct. Forshaw, Sam. 4.5 million. Mm, big big fee back in the day. Kiko Casilla, is, is he on loan or did we get rid of him? Can't remember. Yeah, I think we got rid of him, so I've not counted him. All right, so Somerville Matt, signed the 16th of September. Oh, oh dear, dear me. me. So we've got Forshaw and Roberts so far. Two more if you can get him. Um, I'll sign in January. Just on a side note, I love how, how detailed VAR is as soon as someone scores a goal against Manchester United. It's, it's a good five, ten minutes. Well, you've got to check review. every avenue, haven't you? There's oh, got to be something wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. Do you need a clue? It's, it's, it's difficult because obviously the kids as well, that you're probably going to include, aren't you? Yeah, there are, um, so there, there are a couple of, I'll give you a clue, there are a couple of younger players. Of but they have, they, they have played for the first team. May was summer. It's click yeah, yeah, click summer. Uh, strike. Strike. Got it. Yeah. From Ajax Academy, it. signed in January. Yeah. Matt, you're being crushed here. And uh, on. Uh, no, I feel like it was summer. But, uh, but Joe Gallagher. No, no, Joe Gallagher was summer. summer. So we just got one more. Yeah. One yeah. I can give you another clue if needed. He has spent some time out on loan this season. Oh. But he has played for the first team. No, it's not Casilla, uh, we've said that already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's gone for good now. It's not Elder Costa, is it? No. No, you were still Sorry, we signed him in January, but he's been loaned out. Yeah, we've signed him in a January transfer window. Um, any last minute guesses? Is it one of the kids? Crap. Uh, 
young player, yeah. But he has um, so, uh, so, so, probably signed, not last January, January before. Is he old? Is he older now? Um, is he older? I think it's age up. McCalmont. Is that what you think of? No. No, it's not him now. He's 21. Oh. Older, I thought. Well, Ryan, Ryan Edmondson's out on loan. He's got a bit of an illustrious youth career, that's what I'll tell you. He's played for some big clubs. Jordan Stevens. Jordan Stevens. Not Jordan Stevens, no. <laughs> It's not Stevens, no, the ex-Arsenal Academy guy, no. Yeah. Okay, now, are these meant to be the four good ones? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> strike for, uh, for Sean Roberts. Um, yeah, he's not, this guy's not probably hit the levels he is. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Jan Perveda. Oh. oh, it's the obvious one. Yeah, he was signed when we were in the Championship, I think, and he came in in January. Um, yeah, for that yeah. city, yeah. So those are probably the success stories of Leeds United's January transfer history dealings. Um, mm. How successful, probably for everyone else to judge. But, right, now we go to the bad. Now, I am cheating a little bit on this one, so you're going to have to bear with me. Um, but it's quite, it's, it's, it's quite amusing. Um, so 2013-14 we're going back to, or the season when Brian McDermott was manager. We know that. We spoke to Brian okay. McDermott, didn't we, Matt? And obviously that is famous for the January transfer window of the Jimmy Kebe, isn't it? So there was one more person that came with him, but there was also yes. four other signings that we made, not in January, but in the winter, in that season, either loans or free transfers. I'll give you a fair play if you can get some of them, but, yeah, there's some... Interesting ones there. So go, you see what you can get. Sorry, so that January transfer window, obviously there was Stuart and Kebe, uh, yes, but you were saying Cameron Stewart. You were saying there were more signings. We January transfer. We, uh, we did three more loan players and signed someone on a free as well probably... around January. I think it could have been like February, um, December, and stuff. So it's not really yeah, January, yeah, but you know the classic Leeds United loan window back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Fair play yeah. Can get Connor Wickham, Jack Butland. Connor Wickham, Jack Butland. Connor Wickham, Jack Butland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. There's a couple more. Who was the other one, sorry? Cameron Stewart. Yeah, Cameron Stewart. We signed him with yeah. Jimmy Kebbe, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. we? Dexter Blackstock. Yeah. Yes, Dexter Blackstock. He came in on loan. Dexter Blackstock. There's another. Zaliukas. So there's. Zaliukas, you got it. Nailed it. God. Bloody hell, lads. You're better at naming people from 2014 than <laughs> you are thinking the current squad. You did well there. It was a dark, dark year. Oh, everyone remembers them, though. It's so... Like, I remember Connor Wickham coming in on loan and Sunderland having to recall him. So we were like, shit, where else can we get on loan? And we got Dexter Blackstock, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. He buggered his knee. Um... Dexter Blackstock, at Huddersfield, scored with his first touch, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. I remember he scored a couple, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cameron Stewart signed on the same day as Jimmy Kebbe, didn't he? Yeah. That, I remember yeah. the med... I mean, yeah. I'm, one of the worst weeks in my life, but I remember the med the debuts against Chef Wednesday, didn't we, when we got pumped 6-0. We played 3-4-3 three, three and everyone were excited, going, we finally got wingers, we're going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> that were after the Rochdale game, weren't it? Yeah, and then Rochdale game, the so lead's getting booed off. <laughs> 
That, that Sheffield Wednesday game when we got big 6-0 and they're still selling the DVD in the Hillsborough Club shop to the day. Um, Conor Wickham actually played for Sheffield Wednesday that scored, day. We, he? he was on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, and we, we managed to prize him away from from Sheffield Wednesday. But um, I remember Jack Butland, him and it might have been Zaliukas, made a calamity uh, error against Reading at home. I think it was mm. Bolton or something like that. Like obviously, Jack Boltland's still making shockers to this day. He made one at the weekend in the FA Cup for Crystal Palace. Mm. Um, oh, he's offside. <laughs> <Fucking hell>. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, we, we had some shockers there, didn't mm. we? And then Kebby and Stewart. But then I remember Jimmy Kebby when Brian McDermott got sat, but he didn't get sat. Oh, uh, no, we had other at home. And Kebe got his first goal, didn't he? And he got braced, did he? Yeah, and he cooked his ear to the to the cop, which, you know, he was never going to go anywhere. Where did he go after Leeds and Kebe? You remember? Nowhere. Nowhere good. That Reading team got... That's the question, isn't it? That Reading mm. team got, like, dismantled and ended up, like, all over the shop, didn't it? That did, one, that yeah. Did, yeah. I think Joby Mackin. We ended up having half of them, didn't we? We had Noel Hunt as well, yeah. don't forget. I was going to say Noel Hunt when you said the players, because obviously he was a McDermott yeah. boy, wasn't he? No, no, he did, he did well in that one, lads. Top t- top marks for that. You know, your January transfer windows back in the day. Can't forget him. <laughs> Can't forget him. We just don't know current day. No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> so we've got it too good now, haven't we? It's hard to many kids nowadays. That's true. If you can't, you can't, can't keep up with that. We signed another one actually, haven't we? Some Spanish lad actually that we've just breezed past. Yeah, from Espanol. Well, he could be getting thrown in. <laughs> Good luck, lad. Anyway, so that's it for us today. And as always, thank you for joining us. Your support, downloads, and streams mean the world to us, as does your constant support and interactions with our socials. So always feel free to get in touch with us at RITJK. And until our next podcast, stay safe, support leads, and don't go grabbing any ducks by the neck. See you later. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.